looking at all the brokenness of our culture and there's a lot of it to go around we're, we're so busy seeing all the things that are wrong that by keeping our eyes on the temporal and not getting our eyes on the lord we are literally we're hollowing out our hearts and souls right now we're all crooked and backwards because we're looking at a broken world and we're frustrated and we're angry and all this stuff but when we look at god's character you realize no no, no god is abounding and filled with grace and mercy It's really easy to get pulled under by all the brokenness you see in the world. There's so much that's crooked, so much pain and suffering, so much injustice and wrongdoing. It seems like it's everywhere you look. But today, Pastor Daniel reminds you that all that's wrong doesn't have to control you. He urges you to remember who God is and to keep that front and center. Let his character be your focus and guide you as you wade through this life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 128 as he continues his message, Remember. You know, our founding pastor, Dr. Bill Ritchie, just had a birthday, you know, just a young guy. And, and I just love because for his birthday, his family got together. Pastor Jason Ritchie was one of our executive pastors. And then, then his son, Jeff, and daughter Lisa and their families. And it was just this beautiful family photo. And I'm like, look at this. There's like children's children. And now this is the blessing of the Lord. Because Pastor Bill and Miss Betty, they've been fearing the Lord all these years and, and, and their kids are all walking in the Lord and, and, and there's, now they're seeing their grandkids start to take those steps and a number of Pastor Bill and Miss Betty's grandkids are, are growing up and, and God's going to do a work in their life and, and it's such a beautiful thing because really what we're seeing is that when we remember to fear the Lord, then God's work gets done from an individual to a family and from a family into a community. And I don't want you to miss the fact that really what this shows us is that each one of us, no matter where we are, what place in life we're in, that each one of us has a responsibility to individually fear the Lord because we impact not only ourselves, but our immediate family and those around us and then into the community. And when people walk fearing the Lord and they walk in the ways of the Lord and then they're fruitful, that fruitfulness is a blessing to other people. I always like to remind people that, that when your life is fruitful, You're not the blessed one. Everybody around you is blessed. Why? You ever see an apple tree eating an apple? No, right? You never saw a coconut tree eating a coconut, right? You never saw a fig tree eating a fig. The people around those trees get the benefit of the fruitfulness. And the tree enjoys its fruitfulness because it is able to produce and and, and bless other people. And that's why God, he wants us as we fear him and to walk in in his ways. And as we become fruitful, our lives become a benefit to everybody around us. And each one of us, we have an impact on our communities and on our families and on the world in which we live. And it's important for us When was the last time when you woke up, you said, Lord, I just want to remember to fear you today so that I'll adjust the way that I live, that I'll live differently than I would if I didn't fear you. For many of us who grew up outside of the church, you have stories. I have those stories of what I, what my life looked like when I didn't fear the Lord. And now that I do fear the Lord, how different my decision making is, how different 
the things that I value are. That how different is that? Like, yeah, I don't really want to do this, but because I fear the Lord, I'm going to do this. Right? And when a person fears the Lord, it has a positive impact, not only on their own life, but on their family and ultimately on the community around them. Now, as we move into Psalm number uh, 129, there's other things for us to be able to remember together. Look at what it says in verse 1. It says, Many a times they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Many times they have afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed on my back. They made their furrows long. The Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. Now, what does this mean? My friends, when we're on this journey of life, this, this path, this pilgrimage of this life, you and I, we need to remember God's character. We need to remember God's character. Because in these four verses that begin Psalm number 129, we, we see the character of evil people as contrasted to God's character. Now, I've already said this uh, in a previous message, but don't miss that these psalms are songs, right? And so because they're songs, if you notice in verse 1, many a times they have afflicted me from my youth. And then it says, and let Israel now say, many a times they have afflicted me from my youth. That 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 was a, a cue. It's like the psalmist is a music director. He begins the line, many a times they have afflicted me from my, my youth. And then let Israel now say, and then everyone would say together, and many times they afflicted me from my youth. So it was a way to bring the whole congregation together on this one theme. And don't miss the fact that we just talked about this. We're an individual, and then we become something bigger and part of something bigger. And it's the same way. We want our lives to be more congregational than individualistic. You are an individual, and God wants you to be an individual member, but we are also part of the body of Christ. And so part of what God wants to do in this journey of life is to help us see ourselves as bigger than ourselves. The big tragedy of our day and age is our culture has become so individualistic, right? And that's not a tragedy because we need to make sure we look out for individuals. But if all you do is see yourself as an autonomous self, an autonomous unit, you're actually missing out on God's purposes and plans for life. God wants us to be part of something bigger. And so I loved how the psalmist just kind of rolls on out, just like, I'll lead it out, but we want to be part of something bigger. And in this case now, you know, many a times they've afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. You know, the plowers plowed on my back. Now, obviously, the psalmist now is using poetic language to talk about tremendous suffering. You know, his back is like is like a field that is being plowed, and they made their furrows long. And so a furrow was, you know, you'd have these beasts of burden and they'd, and they'd have this sled and it would just open up the place that they could put the seeds in. And so he's saying, he's talking about literally being tortured. That the suffering he's experienced, the affliction, it's like torture. They made long furrows. It wasn't just like a little cut. It was like his whole back. But notice what it says. The Lord is righteous and he cut in pieces the cords of their wickedness. So And this is important because I think what happens is because people are hard, we begin to think that the Lord is hard. Because people are mean, we begin to think that the Lord is mean, right? And, and, you know, there's an old saying that I've always heard that, that life is hard and God is good. Never confuse the two. Because sometimes when life is hard, we start to think God is hard. Right? 
Or I like to say, you know, life is messy, but what? But Jesus is real, right? And, and so for us, even though people may be horrible, we have to remember God's character. Because if we just get our eyes on people, it's so easy for us to begin to really get down about life because you watch people and nobody's perfect. I mean, listen, the best person among us is still radically imperfect. And so we can look at people and people let us down and they don't fulfill their promises. They don't do what they say they're going to do or they do it. They do a lousy job and all these things that go on. And if we, in this journey, if we remember God's character, we realize that even though when people are being horrific and they're afflicting people and they're hurting people, the Lord is righteous. And this, of course, reminds me of Psalm 103, verses 8 to 14. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. I love that passage. Psalm 103. I'll never forget. I remember the first time I heard that psalm. I was actually... A, a young believer I was living in at the time in Southern Oregon, and I was playing music as a career. And I remember I was driving from the Rogue Valley, Southern Oregon, and I was driving up I-5, uh, going to Portland to play a series of gigs. That, that I remember that weekend because we had a Friday night, we were doing a jazz cruise on the Columbian, you know, and then we were going to play at this like little punk rock club. So we were playing straight ahead jazz, then punk rock club, and then we had another gig the next day, a straight ahead jazz gig. And then, uh, and then I would drive back and I'd fall asleep. I was on the worship team at my church. And so I'd drive back after the Saturday night gig and I'd, I'd get back to the parking lot at like three in the morning and I would sleep in my car so that I didn't miss the worship practice. And so the worship leader would come and knock on my van and he'd hand me a cup of coffee and I'd go on in and, I, and I'd, I'd use the bathroom and I'd, and I'd start playing the worship. But I remember the very first time I was listening to a Bible teaching uh, by Pastor Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And I remember he read Psalm 103, verses 8 to 14. He read all of it. And then he said, that is our God. And then he read it again. And he said, that is our God. And I'm going to read it again. Because, brothers and sisters, in your journey and pilgrimage to life, people can be horrible, but our God is good. We have to remember God's character. I'm going to read it again. Psalm 103, verses 8 to 14. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. 
hundreds of years before Jesus came, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he'll remove our transgressions from us. That is what Jesus offers each one of us. Listen, we've all made mistakes, but Jesus takes our transgressions and removes them as far from us as the east is from the west. It's as far as it can get. And don't miss the fact that if we remember to fear the Lord, when we remember God's character, God's character to those who fear him is unbelievable. He knows our frame. He knows, he knows we're dust. And, and I can get into the scientific reality how, you know, when God created Adam out of the dust of the ground, you know, our organic matter is, you know, it's, it's the same composition as the dust of the air. And it's put together a little better than maybe the dirt in your backyard, but still the same organic matter, you know. But, but the reality is, is God realizes that we're frail. But he pities us like a father does a child. That means he looks, so, he, he, he sees us as, you know, as I always think of my grandma when I was talked about how God pities us. Because when, when, when one of my grandma's great-grandkids are sick, right, she'd be like, oh, look, they're so pathetic. That's what she'd always say. You know, she'd be hugging them. Oh, you're so pathetic right now. And, and we think of pathetic as like, oh, but it's like when you're, when you're mushy and, 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 and the baby's got fever, my, my grandma would be like, oh, you're so pathetic right now. She's snuggling. And, and in a lot of ways, that's the way God pities us. See, he sees that we're, we're children. We're broken and we're sad and we're, and we're, and we're running a fever and, and we can't take care of ourselves. And he, and he, and he, and he pities us in such a loving way, not in a condescending way, but in such a beautiful way. And the ultimate way that God has pitied us is by sending his own son. He sees us in our brokenness. He's like, I'm not going to leave you there. So we have to remember God's character in the journey. And I think for some of us right now, we are so busy looking at all the brokenness of our culture and there's a lot of it to go around. We're, we're so busy seeing all the things that are wrong that by keeping our eyes on the temporal and not getting our eyes on the Lord, we are literally, we're hollowing out our hearts and souls right now. We're all crooked and backwards because we're looking at a broken world and we're frustrated and we're angry and all this stuff. But when we look at God's character, we realize, no, 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 God is abounding and filled with grace and mercy. God is slow to anger. He's, a, he's abounding in steadfast love. He doesn't punish us according to our iniquities because he gave that punishment to Jesus. I mean, this is the, we have to remember who our God is. And then, of course, it says right here in, in Psalm, you know, uh, 129, it says this, verse 5, Let all those who hate Zion be put to shame and turned back. Let them be as the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor he who binds sheaves his arms. Neither let those who pass by them say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. My friends, you and I, when we travel through this life, we need to remember God's blessings. We need to remember God's blessing. Because our lives are, are, are literally testimonies of the blessings of the Lord. And, and really we see God's blessing in this psalm in contrast to somebody who hates the people of God because they don't know God. Notice it says, let those who hate Zion be put to shame and turn back. So, so for those who are against the people of God because they're against the God of the people, let them be put to shame and turn back. 
Let them be as the grass on the housetops. Now, isn't that a strange phrase? Now, for those of us who live in the Pacific Northwest, you actually know what that's like because you have to treat your roof every year because there's moss that grows on the housetop, right? And the idea here is, of course, like, grass isn't supposed to grow on the housetop. Why? Because there's no earth for it to be able to grow in. And so it's not like the grass, the moss growing on your housetop has any value. It's not like someone's going to like, you know, bunch it up and, and here's some moss from my rooftop. I wanted to give you a gift. Like it's useless. And he's saying, listen, for the people who do not love God and God's people, let them be like the grass on the housetop. It withers before it grows up. Why? Because it's got nothing to grow in. It's barely alive, Right. You know, with which the reaper does not fill his hand. The reaper isn't coming to get the the moss off the housetop. You just put the chemicals on it, you let it go away, and then you deal with it again next year. It's like, you know, and so the idea is that for for the people who do not know the Lord, they don't get to remember God's blessing because they haven't received God's blessing in Christ. But for those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus, are you forgetting the benefits of what it means to be a child of God? Are we forgetting that not only do we get to know God, but God also gives, brings gifts with him. I always think of Martin Luther, the, the reformer. Now, by quoting Martin Luther, it doesn't mean I believe everything that Martin Luther said. I've read a lot of Martin Luther stuff. Some of the stuff I don't agree with at all. Some of the stuff I'm like, that's right on, you know? And, and, and so sometimes we get in trouble. You quote someone today and, they, you know, everyone rolls out like the worst thing that they ever said, you know, because we live in this cancel culture where everyone's perfect except for the person we're focusing on. But you don't want anyone to focus on you because then your garbage is going to come out. But, but Martin Luther said, I get all this in Christ as well. I get all this to enjoy and I get Christ. And, and in a lot of ways, the personhood of who God is, God's personality is enough. We don't just love God for what he gives us. We love God because he's God. But he also gives all these amazing gifts. He brings so many blessings to us. And, and listen, to, listen, to, we read Psalm 103. Listen to the beginning of Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 6. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Man, do you hear that list of blessings that God brings with him? Gosh. He forgives all of our iniquities in Christ. Wow. Everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do, every mistake you will ever make, if you're in Christ, he forgives you. Heals all your diseases. Does that mean that we're never going to be sick? No, it means ultimately we're going to live forever with him. We get the same bodies back without all the issues. Isn't that so cool? I, I can't, like, I mean, I, I like being here, and while I'm here, like the Apostle Paul, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, while I'm here, there's fruit for my labor, I hope. But like, I can't wait when this body, when I, get, when I get my resurrected, I get the same body back, but it's going to have way cooler features than this one has. You know, so I can't wait for that. Why? Because he's going to heal all our, our diseases. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, right? He redeems your life from destruction. Listen, for every single person who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, that's what God has done for you. Your life was destined for destruction. But he redeems your life. Right? He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I mean, think about that. 
Our life was set for destruction and he crowns us. And he crowns us with loving kindness. That word in the Hebrew is the word hesed, which means covenant faithfulness. It, it, it speaks of a, a covenantal relationship that God will not break. It's like the ultimate example of marriage. Married to a truly perfect person where there's no infidelity. There's, no, there's nothing that's anything that's imperfect about it. He crowns us with loving kindness and, and with tender mercies. And I love this. And he satisfies your mouth with good things. I love that. He's like, and you get to eat some good stuff. Like, like he feeds you. And not only that, and your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Now, and I love that. When you meet someone who's been walking with the Lord a long time, and, and even though their, their, their outward person is beginning to break down, but they have that, they have like a, that energy. Like they just have that, 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 that vin and vigor, we used to say. You know what I mean? The gumption. That, they, that, that, that Even though that they're older, they're excited about life, and they, they know God's mercies are new every morning. And even though they have different limitations than they used to, they're just good for it. They're ready to go, man. I can't wait to see what God's going to do today. And that's a beautiful testimony, isn't it? Because when you remember not only to fear the Lord and, you're, and, and when you remember God's character, you also remember all the blessings that God has given you. And so no matter what goes on in the journey of life, no matter how hard things are, no matter how lousy people are, you realize that ultimately God's going to do right by his kids. And that remembrance changes the journey. How different would your life look along the way as if, as you went, you feared the Lord, you remembered the character of God, and then you walked in the hopefulness of the blessing that all God does for his kids. Talk about God doing a transformational work. What would it look like for us to move into today, tomorrow, this upcoming week? This upcoming month, no matter what happens with all the things that are happening right now. What would it look like for us to choose to fear the Lord and adjust our behaviors to line up with what it means to fear the Lord? What would it look like for us to, even if everybody is wrong and everybody is nasty, to get our eyes off of fallen people and get our eyes onto the Lord who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in mercy, a God who forgives. And what does it look like for us to walk, remembering the blessings that, God, that comes with it? such a good God, with such an impeccable character? Oh, we start moving through the world, abiding in faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. That's what God wants for us. So we need to make sure that because every point of view is a view from a point, we need to make sure that we are, have the point of view of placing God at the center. Who he is, what he's done. What does it mean to be his child? And if we do that, no matter what befalls us in this life, with our eyes on him, our perspective will be a heavenly perspective, which will make us earthly good. Jesus is Sometimes getting through life feels like you're slogging through deep, thick mud. Every step is so hard and could easily end with you face first in the muck. But as Pastor Daniel shared today, it doesn't have to be this way. You learned that remembering is the key to living the full life that God wants for you. Walking in the fear of the Lord changes your behavior 
and impacts your decisions. Keeping God's character front and center will give you perspective. And recalling God's promises and His blessings will help you move forward in hope. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus' Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus' Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Come back next time when Pastor Daniel will share that part of your journey with God is learning how to live like he does. God's family does things differently than our broken human families. It'll take time to shift your thinking and behavior to be more like His. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.